0: We're back. We're back. Guess who's back with a brand new invention? Is that what he says? Brand new invention? I don't know. On a brand new mission. On a brand new mission.
1: Ice is back on
0: brand. New mission. Ice is not back on a brand new mission. <laughs> uh, I know that whole song by heart, and I sing it with Bear. So for the fact that I'm drawing a blank here, it's not good for the intro and ad-reads. But I'm gonna let it rip. Um, Charles Clay is on the podcast. He is somebody I've met probably in the last six months to a year. I met him, I believe, at Colin and Christie's, uh, two people who I definitely need to have on this podcast from uh, The Amazing Race and much more than that. They are family and awesome people that I've dropped in with on the ceremony side of things. And, um, you know, starting last year when we were all supposed to be fucking locked away in our apartments and not seeing anybody and watching the fake news... Uh, these guys started having little get togethers and the little get togethers in their bath- backyard included yoga, breath work, ice plunge, sauna, all the good shit. And it was really cool to see community reemerge. So much, much love and gratitude to Colin Christie. Uh, one of the people that I've met there was a guy named Charles Clay. And over the course of me getting to know him better, uh, and, and witness his medicine, I was like, yeah, let's, let's fucking get you on the podcast. Um, he's done some body work on me and different things where I had the firsthand experience of, of what he brings to the table and really unpacking the mental emotional side to the physical, which is very important. We can't miss those pieces; otherwise, we just we we heal the whack a mole with the body. We heal one injury and another one pops up, and I have experienced that throughout the uh, the madness of lockdowns in the last year. No question, but I feel right as rain right now. This is the first podcast that I've cried on in probably, well, on one of my podcasts. I know it seems like I cry on Aubrey's every fucking time I go on, but this is one of the first podcasts I cry on in probably three years. He tells a deeply, deeply touching story, and um, and really, you know, just just one of my favorite podcasts that I've done this year. Charles is a beautiful soul, and um, brings a lot of joy and light. Everywhere he goes, you know something. I forget the exact words. I'm paraphrasing, but um, someone had commented uh, to him about one of his qualities is that he's never cynical. He's he never, and I, and I do this myself. That's one of the reasons why I appreciated this about this witnessing of Charles. Is somebody had said like you always see the positive. You always find that, and it's you know you've you've created yourself in a way where you're always vibrating at that frequency. It never drops into sarcasm. It never drops. And I, I love sarcasm, you know, but it, it, it is a negative, you know, it, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. It's funny and all that, but it's, it's, it is a negative. Even JP Sears' comedy is phenomenal and he's poking fun at the people he, that need to be poked fun at. Um, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a different frequency and you'll understand that when you listen to this podcast with Charles he is brilliant and um, just a beautiful human being. So uh, super pumped that I get to release this to you guys now. Remember to support this podcast uh, by purchasing stuff from our sponsors. It has a direct impact on me, the livelihood of this podcast. And um, please be aware that there are... Um, it's, it's pretty hard to to keep shows like this afloat. I mean, it's pretty hard to keep shows like this on air in the current climate of censorship. So check me out over at the Fit for Service Academy that is available on iTunes and Google Play. I post all the shit that I can post there. I cannot put the stuff that I can't post on Instagram and can't post on YouTube. You'll get it all in the Fit for Service Academy app. And when the time is right, of course, I will send people over to Zion. Not quite ready for that yet, but um, I'm going to... Drop these ads real quick, and then we'll get into Charles. We are brought to you today by bloodsugarbreakthrough.health. That is a mouthful of a URL, but it's it's the homies over at Bioptimizers, Wade Lightheart's company, that have come to you with a brand new product. One of the big keys to optimal health is balanced blood sugar. This is critical for staying slim and building lean muscle. And after listening to the current word doc, Paul Saladino, who just had his Instagram taken away from him, it's critical for COVID-19. It's critical for, it's critical for our health in general. It's critical for our immune system. But what happens when you have a weak moment and wolf down some ice cream? Your pancreas releases insulin, which tells your body there is plenty of energy, so now is the time to store fat. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you eat ice cream or drink a glass of orange juice. Processed carbohydrates from chips to crackers to donuts all have a similar effect on blood sugar. When you take in a lot of carbs too quickly without much fiber to slow down absorption, you'll experience a blood sugar spike followed by a sugar crash which leads to low energy, brain fog, weight gain, and immune dysregulation. And due to the addictive nature of sugar and carbs, once your body brings your blood sugar levels back down, that's when the cravings kick in and if you give in to those cravings, it starts the cycle all over again. So I hope you can see how important it is to maintain healthy blood sugar levels. The question is, how do you do it? Well, one of the ways is to reduce the intake of processed carbohydrates. Make sure you eat whole foods that contain fat, protein, and fiber. Lifting weights really helps. Uh, High-intensity interval training, if you like running and rowing and things like that. Do them in bursts. That'll really help. Um, boost metabolic flexibility. Mark Sisson dives into this in The Keto Reset Diet, which is a phenomenal book. But none of us are perfect. We all cheat sometimes. Birthdays, holidays, the holidays are coming. And I cannot recommend this enough Blood Sugar Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's an easy to take supplement. It's the result of numerous tests to find the absolute best formula for maintaining healthy blood sugar, and in fact, they went through five different formulations before landing on this one. You just take a couple of capsules fifteen minutes before you have a meal, and you will safely control your blood sugar. The best part is, it works even if you splurge or cheat. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, just go to www.bloodsugarbreakthrough.health/kingsboo. We will link to all this in the show notes, so one-click it and use the code Kingsboo10 at checkout. And for a limited time, they're also giving away free bottles of their best selling products, P3O Hemp and Masszymes, for select purchases. We're also brought to you by Lucy Gum. Lucy.co was developed and founded by Caltech scientists who are former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative, and they researched and developed this for over three years. They created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that has three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four megs of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. I've used these on airplane flights. I use it in the gym, um, at work, obviously, and on podcasts especially, but this is a phenomenal phenomenal thing. It stacks with nootropics really well, but keep in mind, all nootropics are trying to create more acetylcholine. You take something like choline bitartrate or alpha-GPC, and then you change that and upregulate it, and you cause a little reaction in the body to create more acetylcholine, and then that affects us as a nootropic. That's going to give us better language, memory recall. It's going to allow us to be a little more creative. That's why artists and authors and poets and anybody who performs will often use nicotine and nootropics as a way to boost. But one of the best things about nicotine is that this fits right in the same receptors that acetylcholine is trying to get to without all the steps to create it. So you have this wonderful tool from nature, That's right there in the symphony, in the orchestra that is all things nature, all things one, that fits into specific receptor sites in our brain and helps us to think more clearly, helps us to be able to grab the right words at the right moment and allows us to create. And that's what we're here to do. So love this stuff. Lucy.co, that's L-U-C-Y dot C-O and use promo code KKP at checkout. You're going to get 20% off everything in the store. And we are also brought to you by Blue Blocks. Blueblocks.com is a blue light blocking company that is absolutely phenomenal. These guys have all sorts of stuff. They make some of the best framed glasses, period. They've been featured... Uh, in GQ and Vogue, they come in non-prescription, prescription, or reading magnification options, and you can also send your own frames into customize into blue light glasses. They're evidence-based from lab work, not mass-produced in overseas factory, and they are Australian-made, which equals high quality. They have free shipping globally, five business days to the USA from Australia. I know we've got listeners all over the place, but that's where it's coming from. They offer other amazing products such as 100% blackout sleep mask and red light therapy devices, as well as sleep-friendly light bulbs. I love their sleep-friendly light bulb. I have a red light in my room. I turn it on at night. Sometimes I read by it. Sometimes I just leave it on for a while to get all my stuff in order, and then I don't have to have glasses on. Anytime I'm watching a movie with Bear, we both throw these glasses on, and that's how we watch the movies. And then when the movie's over, I have not hurt my circadian rhythm or his, we can fall asleep with ease. And that's super important. It's super important for all levels of health because without melatonin, you're not going to recover. You're not going to fall asleep. And and quite honestly, that will affect immune function as well. So... Blue light mitigation is one of the most important hacks. So I, I used to joke about all the people with red glasses on, at um, you know bulletproof conference and paleo effects and stuff like that. And now, now I'm one of those one of those geeks myself. But it's it's uh, absolutely essential. There are really soft lights here at the office in Aubrey's office where I record this stuff. But there's other places that I've been where indoors, there's just nothing but fluorescent bulbs, which is absolute shit, absolute shit. Uh, And these glasses really help to mitigate that. I take it with me on flights. I take it with me on travel. They look good. They feel good. And I feel better having worn them. You can check it all out at blublox.com, blueblocks.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. And do not forget KKP for 15% off everything in the store. And last but not least, one of my favorite products known to man, Super Speciosa, is just a phenomenal Kratom product. And uh, I, th- I think the Hamilton Morris guy called it Kratom uh, is pronu- the pronunciation out in Thailand, but we're not in Thailand. Kratom works for me. It is phenomenal. I use it as a pre-workout. Um, there are certain strains that I can have at night, which make me feel really good before I go to bed and I end up improving my sleep scores. Um, There's just so many ways. It's kind of like, you know, in Half Baked when he's like, you ever seen the back of a $1 bill on weed? It's kind of like that. Um, Have you ever done X, Y, and Z on Kratom? You should try it. It's really fucking awesome. It has a euphoric effect. which is unlike anything else. You know, Kratom is an all-natural herb related to the coffee plant, and it's been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years in Thailand, as well as Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, pretty much all through Southeast Asia. It helps energize your mind and relax your body, and it just helps you feel good without feeling impaired, without feeling impaired. That's one of the most important pieces about this. If I have a max effort deadlift, I can't get stoned and do that, but I can have kratom. And I can rip the weight off the ground and be completely zeroed in mentally focused. And there's no negative impact there mentally and no negative impact. When I drive, there's no negative impact. Um, if I'm playing sports, you know, like it's just, it's just a wonderful addition to the arsenal in anything that I'm doing. And and that's where it's kind of like half baked. I mean, it really is awesome, awesome stuff. Um, for beginners, uh, I recommend trying their signature series. The Super Speciosa strain is their most popular and best-selling item. I particularly happen to like the red bolly and the red tie, and the reason for this is that it's more of a body feel. I feel it in my body. The old aches and pains and injuries seem to go away. There's more of a mind-muscle connection when I roll out or if I use Theragon or Hypervolt, any of these these bodywork tools, Uh, even when I get a massage. I have a whopper of Kratom before I get a massage, and it just allows me, when somebody's working on a sticky part, I can breathe into that space a little easier and, and really talk to the body and say, hey, it's, a, it's safe to open up and just release the muscle where it's tight. Um, try it. It's absolutely fantastic. They 100% satisfaction or your money back guaranteed. Uh, try Kratom and get 20% off your entire order. Go to getsuperleaf.com slash KKP. That is getsuperleaf.com slash KKP and use the promo code KKP at checkout for 20% off your entire order. And without further ado, my man Charles Clay. Charles, it's it's been it's taken some uh, navigating of the schedules to get us here, <laughs> but we, what we are face to face finally. And uh, I forget how we met. Did we meet in Encinitas? Were you out there
1: in Encinitas back in the day at Blitzos? You know, we've had a lot of uh, you know cross pollination with friends but i think the first time we really met was here uh, i just moved here at soul land sunday and um colin remember, and christie's yep yeah colin and christie's i've had a bunch about a barton scott's been on the
0: show we've had some other people from yeah there, yeah
1: yeah and I, I was like you know you're hard to miss so i was like saw you from uh you speedo know, ha- time halfway away yeah i was like man is that randy couture over there like i i was like looked familiar but couldn't place it, and then I was like, "Nah, that dude's way younger and bigger than Randy Couture." Like, and what I loved is that y- you obviously have the warrior and the the you know godlike physique, and yet you gave the best hugs. Like, it's like <laughs> this like loving badass warrior that also has this just like embracing hug of unconditional love. And I really appreciated that. Felt that right off the bat when I met you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that
0: is a, a compliment that is always well received. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, that's a big one. Bear gets Bear gets a lot of that too. My, my <laughs> six year old. He's he's the mm-hmm. only kid in the neighborhood that. I mean, for a solid year, he does less of it now, and I've never corrected him. Right, incorrect. I've never incorrected him on this. Um. But for a long time, he would just, he would, he'd strike up random conversation with somebody passing by, tell them about 4th of July or, or, you know, like, well, are you going to buy fire workers? He <laughs> right? So like, you're buying fireworkers for, for New Year's. We, we, we won't get to light them off until New Year's, but we got to wait until New Year's and they're going to go on sale again. We can light off more fireworkers. And they're like, okay, they're like, come to our house. We light a whole bunch off. And they're like, okay. And then he'd be like, I love you. You know, and then they would just stick them, right? They'd be like, <laughs> uh, "I don't know you, I don't know your name. Why are you telling me you love me?" You know, like and some people would get it and be like, "Oh my God, I love you too," yeah. you know. But a lot of people would just be like <laughs> frozen, yeah, right? He said he loved me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to, know do, what to with do with, that. Do with <laughs> <that."> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. See you later. <laughs> you know, yes. like he was like the awkward. You know, like like if you, mm. I've, I mean, I've uh, I've done it before on accident or not, no accident, but getting off the phone with somebody that is an acquaintance or somebody like that. And you're like, all right, I love you. Goodbye. You know, like something like that. And you're like, Oh God, did I say that? (laughs) Oh, oh, that's just like need your reaction. You know? But like you get, I I felt that. And then to see people's reactions on the receiving end of it from a a kid who's just like an awesome little ball of light, you know, it's like, it's like, all right, I'm not going to change that. And if it fucking weirds people out, it weirds people out, but people need love, especially right now. People
1: need it. Yeah. And, um, and it's, yeah, you get to see who's not ready to receive it at that level. And I've seen him play with fireworkers and <laughs> talk about joy. Yeah. Fully expressed, man. Yeah. He he loves lighting those things off. It was like, uh, meeting my inner child again, getting to witness that for the fourth of July, hanging out with you guys it was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: let's, uh, let's. I mean, we, we we typically, the the trajectory of this mm-hmm. is um, we talk about life growing up. We talk about mm-hmm. your background and how you got into what you're into. So mm-hmm. however long you want to stay on that scope, let's stay on that scope. And then let's just dive into the meat and potatoes of, of all the good shit that
1: you're offering now and, and mm-hmm. how the world is, is piping ready for it. Absolutely, brother. Um, you know, I grew up in Washington state. And um, so I remember I've always had this fascination with, the greatest technology on the planet and it's not these smartphones it's not computers it's these human bodies and so I've had this like deep fascination of like what's possible in these sensory suits and so that um, inspired me to I figured that um, high school is a joke so I just got the grades I needed to go to any college I wanted and that was like the trajectory right but Um, so I ended up going to Washington state for my degree in kinesiology. Yeah. Yeah. Pullman. um, And even that was like, you know, it's like the first two years, you're just learning a bunch of crap that I don't even, I'm not even interested in. And then, and I'm paying for this, you know, and then, and then finally, like the last two years, I get to dive in on the meat and potatoes, the good stuff that I'm there for. And so I figured, Hey, I'm paying for this. I'm gonna get the full meal deal of this experience. And so I got the full college experience and the fraternities and the, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll and the whole shebang. And um, and it was awesome. And so I graduated from college, moved to uh, San Diego to live the beach life and uh, became a trainer, helping people upgrade this technology, human bodies. And um, that evolved into health coaching. And then I had a huge initiation. Um, you know, I was up in uh, Mammoth Mountain, and this is when a couple buddies and I were up there. And it was one of those days where, like, there's no business. They closed down the lifts. Like, we are already at the top, but I didn't see anybody else besides us. And it was full on blizzard. Like, there's snow coming in from every which direction. You could barely see like a tree five feet in front of you. It was like a blur. And so it was pretty hairy. And we were like, well. Let's stay low and just be ready for anything, you know, in charge. So we went down, having fun down the mountain. And um, my friends were ahead of me. And I remember uh, I was so pitch white. And all of a sudden, I just, like, the ground went out from under me. Like, I just took a jump that I didn't know was there. And I remember being in midair and just, like, everything kind of slowing down. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, where is <laughs> the end? of And boom, I tightened up impact right on my low back and um, smashed my vertebrae uh, it was nasty and um, that was the most physical pain i'd experienced at that point in my life and i'm yelling to my friends hoping to that they can hear me because they're in front of me they couldn't hear me i look at my phone it's dead i'm on this mountain all by myself and like uh probably like 11 out of a 10 scale of pain and i'm like how the hell am i gonna get down from here i'm stuck on half this you know halfway down this mountain and um i remember those those moments like channeling your inner spartan warrior you know it's like well let's click my board off and sit on my board and go down as far as i can and i'd like keel over and take some deep breaths into the pain and and um eventually i made it down and then had to go see these doctors and and these doctors are showing me x-rays and tell me how jacked up I am. And they're like, you know, you're probably never going to move the same again. And you're going to need surgery, maybe multiple surgeries. And I'm looking at these guys like, it's not what I want to hear. Like, I even in that fight or flight response, I was able to access my intuition and be like, this is not my path. Like, I'm not giving this power to somebody else to cut into me to fix this. And so so glad I made that choice, um, had to, could barely crawl to the bathroom. So I finally had to sit with a lot of the emotions that I was stuffing and hiding from and escaping from. And, um, you know, shame not being able to even like get up and be productive and go to work, um, uh, let alone like stand up straight, I just crawl into the bathroom. So fear if I was ever going to move the same again. And, um, you know, and, uh, as I let, A lot of those emotions flow through me i remember sitting in a meditation with the intention of just being open to receive all answers to healing this naturally and during that meditation a friend of mine i hadn't talked to in two years reached out to me and said i heard your back's pretty jacked up check out neurokinetic therapy and this is the work of david weinstock and so this took me down this rabbit hole of like holy cow is connecting so many dots for me my understanding of, um, how the body's all interconnected. So, um, I got the intuitive hit, studied his work, went, got my first session with one of his, um, top students in San Diego and I was blown away by what I experienced in there. I, I walked in looking like Shakira, like stuck in a mid hip dance move, like my (laughs) hips over to the left, my upper body's over to the right. And, uh, and I was in so much pain and she got me on the table Tested some muscle groups, um, found out my glutes weren't firing. I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes. She's like, yep, all form, no function. So she had me clench my jaw and then retested the glutes, and all of a sudden they were firing again. And so my body just showed us that my jaw was the neurological traffic jam preventing the signal getting to my big guns, the glutes, to help stabilize and balance my hips. And So that, along with a couple other compensation patterns like that, we cleared up and um releasing my jaw. I get off the table and I'm like, what? I'm like 90% better in one session and felt aligned again. And then just gave her a huge hug. And I was like, this is it. I need to learn this. This is my path. And so I went and studied all of David Weinstock's courses and was just blown away like a fire hose with all this information and and um, couldn't wait to share it with others. And so that began my um Mind body tune ups practice for for uh, healing sessions, and that while I was training was like a huge evolution that set me apart because, you know, you got clients that are like, "Oh, my knee hurts today," and normally be like, "Okay, we're not going to do legs today." Instead, it's like, "Well, let's take a look. Oh, yeah, your um, popliteus is over firing for your glutes, so let's show them how to correct that really quick. Release the popliteus, strengthen the glutes. All of a sudden, their knee doesn't hurt anymore." As we restored function in the body. And so they're back in the game and uh, similar to the work you got to experience. And so that was one of those amazing gifts and medicine that came from one of my biggest challenges. And so it began shifting everything for me as to really looking back at like, wow, all my like toughest challenges and initiations and hell that I put myself in actually unlocked these amazing gifts talents and passions that um so it, it changed that whole paradigm for me and and i wasn't so afraid of challenges or you know it made me like cool i'm curious now like what I, man i'm getting hit with some heavy stuff right now like how is this happening for me and so i'd always set that intention what are the lessons and blessings to learn in this and there's a lot of lessons and blessings i mean um to go back to my early childhood You know, my first initiation was uh, with my mom, you know, a deep mother wound, you know, when I was four, parents divorced. I remember that, like, super vivid. Mom was leaving. I remember the leather coat she wore, the color lipstick, the smell. And um, as a four-year-old, that's like, the woman you love the most is leaving. Don't know when I'm going to see her again. That was pretty uh, brutal and began the abandonment wound that a lot of people are experiencing or have moved through. And then at age 10, uh, well, f- fast forward a year later, we got to go visit mom and she had a new boyfriend. And that was like the highlight, like such a vivid part of my childhood, like getting to be with mom. Cause dad's a badass, he's the disciplinarian. He's like, you know, just, you know, he's all about the work hard and learn the value of a dollar and all this stuff. And and then mom was like, freedom, enjoy nature. Let's go on adventures. Took us to the ocean every summer. And that was like my bliss. That was like my five-year-old had this like imagination and this, all I needed was that love from my mom to really expand on that. And um, I started a freaking biker gang at age five in that little neighborhood and like went across the street and uh, met this guy petting his dog. And he became one of my best friends, you know, lifelong friends. And uh, we were the scorpions. We built like tree forts and all this stuff. And so that was a super vivid part of my childhood that was um, um, really enriched. And then at age 10, um, my mom took her own life and she suffered from depression and alcoholism and just went deep down that that spiral and so that was uh you know my biggest initiation at that point was just like getting hit in the gut over and over with a baseball bat type of sensation of like how could if there is a god like how can he take this love from me you know it felt like just a part of me was just lost and um and so that took me into some dark almost like some really dark years of like um hanging out with Bad crowds, older kids, and we would get into like vandalizing and all kinds of stuff that was just whatever would excite us, you know? And, um, and so the, the good news was my dad always loved living more out in nature. So we moved to a smaller town from, uh, we were in Isquat at that time, changed schools, moved to a smaller town. And, um, it was like, I got to recreate myself in eighth grade. And it was a game changer because now I was like the new kid in this smaller town, the girls liked me, I was, um, made friends with the cool kids and all of a sudden, like I get to recreate myself. And, and so that was a huge stepping stone. But what I found throughout my life was I would fall in love, meet like, you know, the love of my life in that chapter. And we would have this incredible, um, you know, experience together and, and see this future and then they would end up leaving me and so this was the pattern that kept showing up right and then I was heartbroken later to just discover that it was my expectations that were broken which brought me closer to my heart and recognizing this pattern finally was like whoa I have some work to do because this keeps showing up and that's when I developed um, through the teachers I was called to through um, these initiations and through my intuition, I was able to develop an inner peace process that helped me connect the dots as to which parts of me needed the most love, support, and and able to give those to myself. And so that um, losing my mom and then being like at her funeral trying not to cry Because I remember sitting next to my brother and it was like this deep ingrained, we're we're boys, we're men, we're not supposed to cry. Can't show emotion, right? So that over time was just this like tight, you know, pain after, you know, injury after injury that would just keep showing up as issues in my tissues that along with, um, you know, the loves of my life kept leaving me. So all that shifted when i began doing this inner work and this inner peace process and realized like wow i hadn't fully processed the anger and so that's the same reason that i in college and high school i would go to these parties and be the life of the party having a blast and all of a sudden like a group of guys would come up to me and start shit, and it was like you know i had too much pride then so i'd give the first punch i'd take the first punch give the last nine or ten and get the hell out of dodge before the cops show up and that was the pattern and So I was noticing all these patterns and realizing, like, wow, this has got to shift. And so that all changed when I began doing this inner work and going into these wounds. It was just like, man, all the all the things that I was trying not to feel with sex, drugs, rock and roll um, were just stuffing it down, and it was like keep getting poked at, right? And this stuff just keeps coming up until we go to the source of it. And so um, that was this beautiful medicine that i gave to myself and through that process i um, was able to heal that abandonment wound and then literally got super clear on what it is i want and the queen i wanted to call in and used some sex magic to you know send her some pleasure and uh before i even met her physically and then it was like boom 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 she showed up we just like hit it off, like, you know, fireworks coming together. And then all these dreams just came true, like boom, 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 right after one after the other in such a short time after doing this inner work. And so it's like, wow, I'm onto something like, this is, this is what I need to share. And so that coupled with the, the body work and the NKT mind body tune-ups, um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to see how that's shifted other people's lives, especially the you know, the one-on-one work is like super experiential because I get a lot of people that come to me with like low back pain. And and by the time they're done with that session, they're like ready to get in the ring again, you know? And, uh, and then those that feel called to the inner peace process all of a sudden recognize that, wow, I actually shouldn't be in this relationship that's not serving me well. Or they realize that they weren't showing up for a relationship fully and they were able to reach new depths of intimacy by finding that internal freedom within themselves and then showing up fully in the relationship and to be able to witness that type of results or like, you know, I've had a bunch of, um, you know, like real estate agents that have worked with me and they were struggling financially in their, you know, getting enough deals going and stuff and pulling out these subconscious blocks through the inner peace process, discovering where they needed the love, support, and safety within themselves unlocks this like poof, new levels of abundance in their life. And they're all of a sudden they're like top, you know, um, real estate agent in their area and the youngest. And um, so it's just really beautiful to get to witness the shifts that occur in people's lives when we realize that we're our own greatest healers. And so when we pay attention, when our intuition calls us to someone that can share something with us that helps activate those codes within us and that level of freedom, phew, magic happens. Dreams come true really fast. Yep. And you got to listen to them though, right? <laughs> yes. no, no doubt, dude. Yeah. It's, yep. it's
0: as you're talking, you giving a uh, couple great examples of how life will continue to serve you the same lesson until you get it. You know, and it's one of the most painful fucking things. And this I can't imagine, uh, what that would be like, even, even just like my parents got divorced when I was, when I was 13 and I was ready for it. My sister wasn't as a 12 year old, but four, there's no way a four year old can understand that. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, yeah, my wife's father committed suicide when she was one. So, you know, I've, I've spent some years picturing that, like trying Mm -hmm. to dream into that, um, that space. So knowing what your mom was to you and, and at any point, you know, even if you had a poor relationship with your parents, that's right. kind of like there's no ability then to heal the relationship with them right. gone, right? Right. But 10 still, 10 is fucking super young, dude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and it's 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 a big one to see how we'll recreate those things yep. over and over and over again until we get it, Absolutely. you know, in your own relationships. <laughs> I was just one of the things I've laughed about with Tosh was uh uh, my mom always used to yell at me and my dad for wrestling. And I'm thinking of my old man right now. Cause he's, he's staying with us. He's in town for the weekend. And she'd, you know, we, we'd get going hard and I'd take it too far or something like that. And I'd get, and get hurt or something. And she'd, she'd be like, all right, knock it off. No more wrestling, you know? And so I'd be wrestling with Christian and Tosh would be like, Hey, knock it off. You guys are going <laughs> too hard on him. You can't breathe like that kind of thing. Cause I'd be yeah, yeah. tickling him too much. And, uh, and one time I just looked at her and I was like, knock it off, mom. And I said that to my wife. And I was like, whoa, dude, no. Oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry. Holy shit. You know, and I had to sit with that for like two weeks. I had to really like dig Flip into that. Off. Where am I <laughs> attaching mom to you? Mm-hmm. You know, how is how is how are any is any bit of our relationship clinging to my relationship with my mother right. that I haven't dealt with yet? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to look at? In my relationship with my mother to fully let go of and heal from, so that I can have a fresh slate with my wife. Yeah. You know, fucking trippy, though. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, Freudian dude. slip. Uh-huh. That like yeah, major. You take a look at Major. Like, yeah. yeah. And wow. only because mm. I've talked to people like right. you and, and then, right. you know, read, taken a deep dive into books mm-hmm. that, that cover that stuff. But um, mind blowing, you know, yeah. even knowing what I know to, to brush up against that and to be like, oh, yeah, there's still some mom shit with me, then I'm leeching onto you and it has nothing to do with when I was a kid, but here I am making that happen in our relationship. Uh, and that's just one of a thousand examples, right? Absolutely. You you talking about those things, it's, it's, it, it brings up a lot for me because, you know, um, people always hear of like the textbook example of the girl who goes back to like, it doesn't matter who she dates. They always hit her or they always Mm -hmm. mistreat her or they always do this. And that's how her dad was to her mother or whatever the case is. But it's like, no one else can see it except her friends. I mean, she can never see it just the people on the outside and she never listens or whatever the case may be. Even dudes that do that, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a female thing. But um, when we see those loops in another we don't necessarily see it in ourselves. Like Bruce Lipton talked about that. He uses the example of Bob, how Bob acts exactly like his dad when he gets upset, but Bob can never see it. And if you point it out to Bob, Bob will freak the fuck out. Then he's really acting like his dad, mm-hmm. right? Like he, yep. you can't say, hey, yep. Bob, you're acting like your dad again. Cause he does. That's the last thing he wants to fucking <laughs> right. hear. And he will freak the fuck out if you tell him that, right. but everyone else can see it. Like, right. dude, you're just like your dad when you're angry, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but we repeat those patterns. We repeat the the undealt with programming that we yep. have until we actually get to the root of that. Yep. And that, that to me is, is um, it seems almost uh, a, a cruel, sick little spin that consciousness play, puts in the game, in the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, it's, it's if we're here for eternity it's like you're gonna get this right before you move on there's no graduation until you
1: fucking get this right you know and it's like there's these treasure chests at the end of those challenges that we don't want to look at or those emotions we don't want to feel there's new depths and understandings of ourselves that like i can say for one it's always worth it yeah it sucks sometimes like you get mirrored by everybody and you're getting triggered by the same things and like, ah, and it gets so frustrating. But like when you really have a process to take it inward and understand how it's happening for you and what those lessons and blessings are to learn, man, it's a game changer. And it's, it's always worth it. It's like the pot of the gold at, at the end of the rainbow, you know, but, um, a lot of people just would rather Keep perpetuating the same. You could not. I mean, I did work. the yeah.
0: same with you when you were talking about yeah. the sex, drugs, and rock okay. and roll of college. Mm-hmm. I, I know Wazoo because my boy mm-hmm. Big Worm went there. He went to Washington State, mm-hmm. super smart, graduated in three years, I think. But I took seven years to drop out as a senior at ASU. So I partied at <laughs> ASU. I went fucking hard to the paint. And, uh, And, you know, I think we were, we were number one party school in the nation and playboy two years out of the three that I was there. I was at junior college before that, but it was all ASU, you know, I was was Mm -hmm. hanging out with all the guys at ASU. And, um, I think of that, like the level of numbing, I forget who said it. Like, um, it, it it was, this is so vague. I can't even mention I was about to say it was someone on Rogan's that is so fucking vague. Uh, it might've been, God damn it. It'll come to me. Uh, or no, it was, um, it was not, it was Jordan Peterson with Russell brand and Russell brand was admitting how cannabis in a way saved his life, Mm. the numbing, because it was the least, the, 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 the lesser of all evils, you know, Mm -hmm. and had he started with heroin when he was leaning on cannabis as a crutch, he would have been dead. Wow. Um, so, you know, it was the progression that allowed him to reach that and then reach rock bottom and then, yep. you know, surrender and go to AA and do all the things, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, but like he, he, he had gratitude for cannabis as being a crutch. And I, I think of those times in my life, cause I smoked weed all the fucking time. And I, I use it as a very, hot, super, one of the most respected plants. Like sure. I do not want to go heavy to the paint with yeah. that. I'd rather have 30 grams of mushrooms than, mm-hmm. than a hundred milligrams of, of cannabis or THC. And, uh, but when I was in college, you know, I'd load a four foot bong every day, I'd wake and bake, you know, and there's a lot of times where I just leaned on that thing. And, and it's funny because it was, I, there was a point where, in my life, I thought of that as just wasted time, mm-hmm. you know, like, man, I could have been learning. I could have been doing this. I could have been actually doing the work. And it's right. like, I, that's all I was ready for mm-hmm. right then. Right. That's what I could handle. What right. I could handle was saying, I don't want to fucking deal with this. Right. Right. What I could handle was give me some euphoria. Give me yep. some of that nectar from, from <laughs> mother yep. nature yep. and let me just fucking cruise through the <laughs> right. day. And then I'll deal with this shit later. And totally. then, and then I get to deal with it later. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, one of the most important pieces in our time right now is the fact that we're coming to a point, you call it the singularity and call it whatever you want, but we're coming to a point in our, each as individuals and in a, in a culture, no matter where you live on the planet and as a whole of humanity, where we can no longer look away from the problem staring us in the face. Absolutely. We don't get to say, I'm going to numb for a couple more years and wait this out. Nope. We got to take a look right now. Mm -hmm. Dive in deeper into this inner peace process because the last year and a half has been a mind fuck, bare minimum. I mean, there's people who have been numbing. We've seen alcohol sales go through the roof. Domestic violence has gone through the roof. Suicide has gone through the roof. Uh, Even just saying these numbers, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. You know, like I hear somebody and it's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, dude, that's a big fucking deal, dude. Like, that's a really big deal. Yeah, It's a really big deal because it's happened so quick right? and we're already acclimating to it. Right. Right. But this is the time where we're not going to get a chance to push pause. We're not going to get a chance to say, I'm just going to cruise through this. Nope. You know, I'm just waiting until the weekend so I can grab an eight ball and a couple of drinks and see how, see where the night takes me with the ladies. Like none of that shit. Nope. There's people living that way, but I promise you now is the time to look at it. And, yeah. and I, I think we really need these
1: tools that can help us navigate this properly. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And um, yeah, you know, here's one that will tie that together is with the same story too, is You know, my relationship with cannabis, same thing. I was like big stoner through college and high school in a period of my life. And and I enjoyed that numbing out for a while until it was like, wow, I'm like it's hard to quit this. Like I I've realized like, wow, I'm I'm attached to this and now it's unhealthy. And I would try to quit and then I was out of integrity and I would just keep doing it again. And so that was like chipping away at my self trust and my integrity and my confidence. And so realizing that and getting to use um the you know the first like rough draft of the inner peace process it was like okay um so smoking lungs lungs in chinese medicine represent grief right if we haven't processed grief right so it's like oh so i am not finished processing the grief from losing my mom so sitting with that writing about that and and realizing that 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 Okay, where is this emotion showing up? This sadness? Okay, it's in my heart, my lungs, right? So then connecting that to the dots of when was the first time that I felt this sadness? Oh, of course. It was the first time I lost my mom when I was 4, when she left. And so connecting that to that first story, the first time we experienced that emotion, that energy in motion, that 4-year-old didn't know what how the hell to deal with that. And so now as my current self, I have the opportunity To help him out, and the first time connecting with that part of me again, he was like, you know, arms folded, like, give me the cold shoulder. He was like, didn't want anything to do with me. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm here to help. And and you know, he's like, I abandoned him. My mom abandoned him, and he was just pissed, you know. And so this helped me realize like, wow, this this unprocessed anger too. And so going back and just kept checking in with him, just kept checking in with him and meditation and journaling. and, And then little by little, he's like opening up to me. And before you know, we're hugging it out and having tears. And then he feels more integrated and safe in my heart again. And I get to like hold his hand and show him everything we've accomplished up till now. And then next time I check on him, he's like, come look at this awesome drawing I did on our art table, you know, that was at that old house. And so then he's happy. Then everything starts shifting in my life. And the first thing I noticed was, wow, I don't have the same magnetism to cannabis. Like I don't even care for it. I don't need it now. So it was like it lost that um, need, that crutch. So that was really powerful. And then then um, as I started dealing with the anger and realizing there's really powerful ways to channel that into something constructive. And and um, that was really profound because then I like actually really enjoyed my anger. And I was like, wow, this is fucking fierce energy that I really like. <laughs> it's powerful. You know, why was I repressing this? Yeah, Val- it,
0: Valerie Hunt, I don't want to cut uh, you off, but Valerie Hunt, she wrote the book Infinite Mind and Dr. Wayne Dyer used to talk about that frequently. So I finally got it, I read it maybe a decade ago. It is a fucking brilliant book. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll link to it in the show notes, but she talks about that, that written one of the ladies that I work with, Mary Margrave, you might've heard of her. She's out in Sedona. Mm -hmm. She's brilliant. Soul dash attunements.com. We'll link to her in the show notes as well. There's a three month waiting list. If you want to work with, with her Uh, Mm -hmm. highly worth it. But um, anyways, Uh, Both her, you know, and I hadn't, I hadn't really touched this until Mary brought it back up, but Mary was saying like the divine feminine speaks through the emotional body. It Mm -hmm. doesn't come through words. It comes through emotion. Right. The masculine speaks through words, rational. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you could just look at it as these, these left and right brains, you know, how do they operate? Emotions. Are, are inherently good. The idea mm-hmm. that we eliminate fear or we eliminate anger or we eliminate anything, is like, I don't want to live in those things, right? right. You don't want chronic stress. Sure. I don't want to chronically be angry or enraged. Sure. I don't want to chronically live in fear. There's a lot of that. too right. much of that right now, right? right? But to say I'll get rid of that, that's also a fallacy and not. it's not a part right. of the game. We've been gifted <laughs> these things mm-hmm. so we can understand something's off. Mm-hmm. Look at it, right? Yep. And if I have this this sacred anger, yep, right? There's a fucking reason for that. Some, there's a transgression. Absolutely. Most likely. And there's quite likely, and in an addition to that side-by-side, side, coupling the transgression from someone
1: else is a transgression that I've made against myself and allowing it to take place in the first Boom. place, right? That's it. That's what I found is that every time I was pointing the finger, like this person's pissing me off, I always have these other fingers pointing back at me as where's the source of that. So through this process, I'd realize like, wow, I was just pissed at myself for not creating the boundaries that I needed or communicating well enough, like my needs in these areas. And so that was just just like, wow, I actually love my anger now and I have constructive ways of channeling it. So that just opened up so many things in my life. One of which that old pattern of like um, guys messing with me at parties and stuff that was all came clear to me. It was of course, like I go to parties, we're drinking alcohol that, on that repressed anger comes to the surface and then anyone else in the room that also has experienced repressed anger it's like law of attraction brings us together and then sparks fly
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so by fully processing that releasing it on the bag you know sparring um and even like viking roars and you a know? paintbrush like, too yeah it's, it's totally anywhere yeah totally and I began to love that energy because now I have a way of transmuting that and alchemizing that into, into beautiful things. And so no one ever messed with me after that, like never. It's just like, you know, there's so much more love replacing that where that buried anger was. And so that helped me realize like, wow, here I have been trying to like feel better all the time, trying to feel better. And I was always like Captain Positivity and like, and that got me so far, but it was still like hitting this glass ceiling of like the amount of joy that I could experience. It was like the same joy I had experienced before because I was only willing to go to the depths of heavy emotions, grief and anger and, and what we consider bad, but they're not actually, we're the meaning makers of that. So this was like, it shifted for me when I decided instead of just trying to feel better, I'm going to allow myself to feel more <laughs> and, and, Boom, I went to the depths of anger, discovered all those lessons and blessings, went to the depths of sorrow. And, you know, that was a deep one with the initiation with uh, my dad. And, and like, you know, his my dad passed four years ago. And that initiation was, like, now I realized, like, everything that I've learned in life was to prepare me for this initiation. And it was like getting that call from my dad, who's my hero, the badass in my life, the king, and just tell by his voice, you know, like he was like, I got to tell you something. I just got diagnosed with stage four cancer, lung cancer, and they gave me two months to live. And I took a deep breath and I chose my words very wisely. And I said, dad, do you want to live do you want to beat this and he said you're damn right i do and i said good then don't listen to a word those doctors said like we're about to get you upgraded on everything that's already curing cancer right and so we got him infrared sauna i taught him how to do coffee enemas we got like all the latest and greatest and um biohacking and he just dug it he was into it and like this gave him this new found you know vigor for life and it, and um and so sure enough you know, we had this huge, like, we turned two months into two years. And in that time, I got to share everything on my heart with my dad. Because this time I knew, like, at least I had it with my mom. I was like, that just hit me in the gut, you know, out of nowhere. This time, I was, like, rolling up my sleeves to come rescue him every time. I heard he was in the hospital again. And, you know, my family called me and I'd be like, all right, dad let's do a couple laps around the hospital. Like, doc, what do we need to get him signed off and out of here? And he's like, "Yep, you can do this, that, and the other thing, and a couple laps, then he's good to go. And I was like, sweet, let's do it. And here I am coaching my dad. He's on like a, a walker, you know? And I'm like, um, that just pulled on my heartstrings, you know, just like, um, and then getting to take him to the park and like get some vitamin D from the sun and like hang out and ground and, and, um, get to play with my little brothers and like every little smirk, smile and laugh from my dad at that point was like me fully present to anchor in those moments in vivid HD, those memories, so that I could always cherish that. And and then there was one day when, you know, two years later, I got the call. I was in the hospital again. They had him at home now in hospice. I flew out there. And um, I saw him, and his body was so frail, and he was in so much pain, and and I just knew, and I was like, man, I'm not here to save him this time. Like, I rolled down my sleeves, and I sat there next to him while a friend of ours played the guitar and this song called Let It Flow, and I just ugly cried, like, full on. I can't remember the last time he saw me cry, and... Like crying for like the sorrow and the grief I didn't, you know, still had from my mom and all that, just like fully let it go with my hand on his shoulder and getting to be witnessed in that and like going to those depths of sorrow was so beautiful. That was my pot of gold was realizing like, man, that I love this man so much. And he gets to witness how much I love him by sharing how much, how many tears I have. For him leaving this human form, and so that was really profound and powerful. And then, not much longer, you know, we we gathered around him, and um, and I knew it was about time. And 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 this took me back to the reason, like one of the reasons that I was called to Bufo, you know, five meo and these these medicines and ayahuasca that I was like, and my ego was so fearful of before I knew much about them, but I moved through those fears got the experience of what it's like when we're energy again, when we're not in human form and it's so beautiful. And so that was, here I am sitting next to my dad on his deathbed holding his hand and he was in just so much pain. He was just barely holding on for us, you know? And I told him, dad, we love you so much. We will always be with you and where you're going is super peaceful. It's so beautiful and there's no need to fight anymore. And he literally took his last breath. And I'll never forget that gift that I got to be with him all the way to the end. And, and like you mentioned earlier that like when they're not with us, that um, we can't do that same healing. I thought the same thing until I was called to another medicine journey not too long ago. And uh, you know Garen in our in our men's group, uh, epic soul, man. He's got so many gifts. He shows up at this medicine ceremony and it's like we're all on our journey. Um, everybody's just going nuts in their musical gifts and uh Garen's just belting out this beautiful song and there's like this circle and playing drums and and I'm just kind of like tapping my toe and like feeling some some anxiety and some stuff come up inside of me and and uh and I remember Garen stepped away and it was like everybody kind of showed their gifts things and it was my turn and they were like everybody's looking at me and I just felt like this little kid, like, I don't want to, you know, I, I <laughs> I'm not in that right now. And, um, and Garen came over and said, your five-year-old just needs permission to play full out. And, and, uh, and it like, as soon as he said that at first, I was embarrassed because I was being called out in front of everyone. And I was like, man, this is, uh, this is so uncomfortable and then as soon as i like dove into his words recognized like all these neural pathways just opened up and helped me remember my 5-year-old genius right that that was i had done so much work around my 4-year-old but like here's this 5-year-old that was enjoying these vivid moments with my mom and creating biker gangs and like all this fun stuff at the beach and he was shunned and repressed and feeling reserved because my dad was six five and he would express his anger at me as a five-year-old in a pretty intense way he wouldn't hit us or anything but um it was enough to make me reserved you know and so it opened up that channel and i realized like you're right i haven't given him full permission to play and um freaking just did like the most ridiculous, stupid looking dance and like flossing and cartwheels and like whatever my five-year-old wanted to do in that moment to like, to, to be free. And uh, it was hilarious. And then later in the night, I'm like still in the medicine and everybody's about to go to bed. It's probably like 5 a.m. And I'm like, Garen, I'd love to have a little slumber party, man. I really appreciate the way you called me out and the way you see things. Um, just like we talked about when we, our friends can see it, but we can't, I was like, is there anything else you see? Because that's why I'm here. I want to know, um, you know, is there anything else I'm missing? And he said, you know, he says, let's go lay down. And he starts channeling. And I don't know if you've ever seen his, Mm -mm. he's got this gift, man. And it's, um, it's kind of wild at first because it's almost like this old man that's like talking like this that comes through right but he channeled my father and so i knew it was my dad because he said as my dad he said that uh i couldn't stop it i tried so hard to stop it the anger i didn't want it to go to you and so I knew it was my dad. And I just, phew, tears started coming. And I was like, holy cow, like he's here. And, and, um, and he had a huge message for me. He was like, I left you something in the garden. And I was like, well, in the garden? Like my garden at home? He's like, yeah, I left you something there. And it's, it's under the red in the garden. And you'll know what it is because it doesn't fit in in the garden. And when you find that, then you have full permission to let that five-year-old express what he wanted to, to me. And I was like, holy shit. And all this stuff came through and I was just like flood of emotions. And, and then I couldn't wait to like the next day, go in my garden. I'm like, what am I going to find? And then part of me was like, is this just crazy, you know? And like, so I'm looking <laughs> and, and, and I remembered that, wait, there is, I good. I get to my garden and it's like stuff shriveled up. It's like, you know, there's everything's pretty much dead. But there is one little shriveled up red bell pepper left on the vine. And under that, I'm like sweeping away all these leaves and stuff. And sure enough, I find this beautiful seashell. This little beautiful seashell that's like Vermanacci sequence, you know, and I'm like, he knows how much I love the beach. Like, what? This is amazing. So I literally just let my five-year-old go nuts. I let him just—I didn't care if my neighbors saw or anything. It was just like, "Hey, I'm sick of being your anger punching bag, and I'm fed up with it, and I've had enough, and it's bullshit." And blah, blah blah, little five-year-old cussing and like just letting him go nuts and shaking it out and and punching and and um that not only set me free and allowed me to play full out. But that set my dad free. His soul was liberated, and I felt it. Oh, man, it just melted. I was like, this is such a gift. And that's because I asked to go deeper. That's because I had a mirror, Garen, dear friend, that was willing to show me. And and that those gifts are all waiting for us. And the more we hide from them, from Alcohol, sex, Facebook, all the things, even even working. There's a lot of doers that are just like, gotta be doing all the time and not taking time to sit and feel what's in the depths of those issues in their tissues that are showing up as pain. There's lessons and blessings in there and golden nuggets that they can discover and understand about themselves and then they can go on and share those with others to help them on their journey. And that completes that series of the hero's journey only to begin another one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, brother. Yeah.
0: Again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, uh, it's funny. I've, I've had the experience on medicine of like, the. Uh, have you seen the green Knight? Mm-mm. Sir Gowan and the green Knight. It's no. fucking brilliant. I actually, it's, it's, it didn't stay long in the theaters and I want people to watch it. So I'm not going to give it away. But, um, God damn it. I'm trying to figure out a word this without giving it away. (laughs) It is so fucking good. It's from, uh, the myths of, of King Arthur. Um, Joseph Campbell broke it down on the power of myth, but anywho, uh, Fuck, that completely derails me without being that's, able to that's talk all right. about it. I'll watch it. <laughs> I, I trust you. I got the intuitive hit. Like, yeah, it's on. to watch it's it. It's on, uh, you can, mm-hmm. so you can watch on Vudu, which is Fandango's mm-hmm. Straight to Home. You run it for 20 bucks. It's fucking brilliant. Cool. Um, there is a part in it where uh, I have experienced this on medicine where I'm in a conversation with God and I'm like, is there? Is this all there fucking is? You know? And I had listened to Paul talk on his podcast about... Um, a similar conversation and uh and the answer was what else is there to do but play these games yeah. what, what else is there to That's do it. if you operate outside of space and time
1: totally. for infinity yeah. what else
0: is there to do but <laughs> fucking play the games right so it's... i think of that like that you know there's been especially as the world is is cooking up right now mm-hmm. um and it's been hard to argue with much of what David Ike has proposed, the more I've studied that, it's like, are is this a place you know controlled by the rulers or the archons or what the Narnagnostics mm-hmm. believed, or is this you know is this the world of ba- Baal or fucking however you want to word that mm-hmm. is this the devil's world, and um, the more I lean into that, it's 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 both and. Mm -hmm. Right. It's fucking divine. It's Mm -hmm. the divine matrix as Greg Braden calls it. And it's the fucking prison. It's all of it, man. Yeah. It's all of it and more. And there's nothing else to do, but be in the game. Yep. You know, and I was telling you before this podcast started about my 16 nights of hell from the initiation with five MEO. And, uh, Paul check was the guy that I called on Christmas Eve. We spoke and he gave me a closing ceremony and got me out of it. And I, dive into that in detail in the solo cast that i did last but uh that night i had asked for it to come through in my dreams the alchemy in a way that i would understand it like my small self make it Mm -hmm. fucking plain jane and it was such a psychedelic dream but it was my wife as the divine feminine saying like hey i created this matrix for you Mm -hmm. play the fucking game Mm -hmm. play the fucking game quit trying to decipher it there is no best way there is no right and wrong. Play it. Right. Play the fucking game. And it was said that I woke up and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Heard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Heard. All right, yeah. let's go. Let's and go.
1: play it. What if the game is like, how much can you learn and how much fun can you have here? In all the ways. Because as a soul, like when we're energy and we decide to come back into human form and play this game where there's the most energy epic learning that I know of because there's so much contrast here that allows us to understand ourselves more Then, what if it's to have the most fun to experience the most of all the emotions the full spectrum and in doing that you unlock more deeper understanding of self and then and then it's like you go back to energy again and just celebrate with everything you know, as one and like, yes, I get to download this to the Akashic records, you know, yeah. like nailed it. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Know, like, <laughs> and, do, the, do the most.
0: Yeah. Experience exactly, the most. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, what does, uh, Ellen Watts say?
1: The full plenum of joy, mm-hmm. right? The full plenum of bliss. And you can't experience that here unless you're willing to go to the depths of the heavy emotions that we're trained to avoid. Yeah. You know, and that unlocks new, Glass ceilings and and elevates your amount of joy and that natural state of inner peace and joy. And I feel like that's needed now more than ever. With everything going on in the world, it's like to be able to come back to a natural state of inner peace and an observation of it all so that you can choose wisely how you play the game. So powerful and important right now because it's kind of like that you got doomsday preppers. And then you got those that just are trying to hope that everything's normal again, you know, and like, they're both in for quite the ride, right? Like, I'm, I'm kind of always finding my neutrality of what really resonates with me. And there's definitely some fast changes coming. Like, we've already noticed this, the momentum of how things are changing faster. And so It's like these old systems that aren't working are struggling to survive and are getting really desperate. And so that's going to create a ripple effect. And how people deal with that is going to be really important moving forward. And I love Bruce Lee. I love his quotes. He's like, you know, they're like, Bruce Lee, you, you know, you're such a great fighter and you're always fighting, but you're all about inner peace. So what is that all about? You know, and he's like, better to be a warrior in the garden than be a gardener at war, right? So a level of preparedness for the challenges that are coming, knowing that those challenges are going to bring more lessons and blessings and gifts, having prepared for that in the best ways, you know, how connecting with those that, you know, are the least likely to die, (laughs) you know, and having a a little protocol in play and to, to make sure, you know, things are dialed in and, and taken care of in worst case scenario. And then that's about all the attention I need to give it. And then I can focus on what I want to create and what we want to co-create and like what's possible and, and create something better than what's not working. Instead of keep saying, oh, this sucks and this doesn't work. blah blah. blah. Well, you keep fueling it. Yeah, you're putting your attention, your greatest asset energy into that. And so it's like fuel in the fire. Whereas, cool, see that coming, put some things in place. And that way, I have peace of mind, no matter what happens, I can keep my calm and cool. Make and sure. you got to do that with kids, right? Exactly. You have kids, If you're exactly. fucking, if you're a dad, especially as yep. a provider. <laughs> and a protector. Freaking out doesn't help any situation. <laughs> but,
0: but but having, <laughs> having, you know, a little extra in the pantry mm-hmm. and, um, you know, having put some thought around what are the bases that need to be covered so you can sleep at night. If yep. you do that, then you can sleep at night. Exactly. Then you can go back into calm, collected. All right. Uh, I'm not going to watch this video at night before bed. I'll watch it during the day when I'm on a walk in nature and I can move it, process that shit, yep. move it through my body and then, let it go. So when I go to sleep, I actually hit the sheets and I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yep. You know, there's, there's definitely a, a navigational points for all that, but absolutely, I fucking blown away on this podcast. We didn't have video, but I had tears mm-hmm. streaming down my face for a lot of it. I love you, brother. Love you
1: too. Thank you for coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can people find you and check out your work? Yeah. Super easy. Um, Instagram, charlesclay.coach uh, website, charlesclay.coach. Keep it simple love to connect um anybody that resonates wants to go deeper on this work have the courage to reach out and anyone that needs help right now that's needs support like don't be afraid to reach out even if it's me or whoever you intuitively feel called to like we're all in this together so there's no need to try to play the the lone wolf game anymore and um yeah love to connect and uh, dive deeper into this journey absolutely brother yeah thank you charles absolutely